Da 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 podcast. Uh, welcome back to the dot 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 podcast. Uh, today we have one of my very best friends in the entire world. In fact, um, Adam Shaler uh, is my guest, and he is my hetero life mate. Is uh, the terminology I finally decided years ago to to coin. Uh, totally heterosexual, completely. Uh, we both have our own respective ladies in our life, uh, but this dude's like my ride or die. Um, been really, he's been one of my best friends since uh, I was like 18 years old, so almost 20 years now. It's crazy to think back. Um, Adam is a professional recording engineer, uh, currently working and living in Hollywood, LA area, uh, part of some big time stuff. Uh, and just the other day, he was telling me like he recorded uh, some P Diddy and Katy Perry stuff, and he's just really, really keyed in on that. And um, you know, Adam's the guy that you know we were growing up together, like in our in our twenties and stuff. And there's that time where everybody finally decides they want to what path they're going to take. And Adam never changed his path from from that that he was on, you know, as a as a young kid and where he wanted to go. And I always kind of looked up to him for that because he truly did just chase his passion. But uh, he kind of explains what what it's like to be part of that industry. And then we also kind of get into, uh, you know, just talking about life in L.A. and a little bit of politics. It was just a really good uh, chance to sit down and catch up with him. And uh, so, without further ado, I give you Adam Shaler. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Adam Shaler. What's up, Hetero Life Mate? How is it going, Mon Frere? It's going all right. Um, Good. You know, I will say, nobody nobody that's listening right now is privy to the 30-minute uh, ordeal that it took you <laughs> to get your act together. Um, and it just really reminded me how much you remind me of... You're like a... A spastic, uh, chaotic, stressed-out version of the Big Lebowski. You know, that's... Uh, <laughs> I found this cardigan the other day in the Lost and Found that I just decided I would start wearing because it was really comfortable, and I was cold. And when I was wearing it the next day, sitting on my couch in, a sh- in shorts and sandals, um, <laughs> Sarah came out and said, Oh, my God. <laughs> You transcended, oh, oh god, transcended form to the dude, and right. turns out she was like exactly <laughs> right. Like, was, oh, dude, it's so precious. I was like, thanks a lot, honey. It's I great. Can, I can completely see that right now. So yeah, it's, uh, it's bad. I hadn't shaved in like a week and a half. It was <laughs> not that that makes a difference. I right, right. I'm so incapable of. But you have similar hairstyle. <laughs> the any sort of the sandals, the shorts. Trait. Oh wow! Yeah, man. it was it was a sh- I was a shoe in for for greatness, obviously. Which I think is funny because you're you're like a spitting you're like a like a visual spitting image, but also like that's like isn't that up there as one of your favorite movies? I mean, it is a uh, it's a favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's on the, I think that's I mean it's on most people's list. I would say. I mean, I, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who, you know, hate hate the Lebowski, but uh, oh, I don't know how. 
but I yeah I don't know I don't know either. It's I mean if you have to appreciate it I think yeah. to some degree. It's a classic. So, it's a classic. Come on, it's perfect, dude. It's great. So one of the things that I do with every one of my guests is we do a little bit of an icebreaker. We've already kind of painted a picture that you look a little bit like the Big Lebowski. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and apparently don't have anything together before. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, which yeah. we yeah. Um, but we, we want to ask a couple icebreaker questions just to kind of get an idea of who great. you are for those people that don't know you. They're just really simple questions. Yeah, uh, right. But they're the st- they're standard across the board with everybody for right now. Um, I can tell I, this is going to be a nightmare. No, it's going to be great. You're going to love okay. it. You're going to do great. Okay. You're going to do great things. I can feel it. I'm excited. So, your favorite place that you've ever been? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, the on- like my only one place. It can only be one place. Yeah, like while you were there, and you could just be like. Or looking back at it, you're like, man, that was really cool. Uh, you know, I really like New York. New York is awesome. I think New York's great. Just um, the city? Is, yeah, just the city. Like, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's just so much going on. I really like New York. I obviously didn't prep for a question like that at all, which I should probably just know what that answer is. But right, but I don't. I like I like New York a lot. Any of these, so I see good. it's issue. Well, no, I didn't. I guess I guess that's true. Um, I like a lot of places. It's kind of hard to narrow down. Like, dude, I like to travel a lot. So, but um, New York's one, is a fun place. I really like uh, Los Angeles too. Like, which um, is where you live. Which is which is where I live. Which is why I'm here. This is um, why I live here. <laughs> yeah. This is, finally, we've put two and two together and just done that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll yeah, take great. it. Not, yeah. New York and L.A. You're a big fan. Yeah. Sure. So you, you like the you like the busyness. Yeah, I like um, the business. Next question. Do you think that aliens exist? Yes or no? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you want to expand on it just even for like 10 seconds? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it seems justification to it. I mean, it just seems like there's, seems like they would, right? I mean, it's pretty big. There's a lot going on like outside of, <laughs> you know, the little space that we occupy. So I'm sure that across the all time and space, there is probably some sort of you mean intelligent life i guess i'm assuming right well i i don't ask i made that assumption i don't right. know if I, and i think a lot of people do there there was somebody else that uh that i did a podcast with and the way he answered it i was like well okay yeah i'm not even really getting at like intelligent life i think they've already proven that like was it mars that had like single-celled organisms yeah, got, like microbial like things happening so that mean there's Let's that know. means there is potential for you know things to multiply uh right so and i don't know it's sp- like are the next planet over you know what i mean like right. there's a, a billion billion galaxies or something out there a million billion billion or something it's yeah it's a lot of numbers yeah so next one is a celebrity that you most identify with or would want to hang out with or this one you probably can't answer because you you have a girlfriend uh or the one that you would like to date uh I'd love to hang out with, um, I think it'd be fun to hang out with Conan one time. That'd be yeah. like a good time. Like, why not? Like, he seems, I mean, who knows? You know, he's a guy like that. You only know of like, you know, his TV persona or whatever and like a documentary or two. But uh, yeah, he seems like he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. I mean, I saw him in the Tokyo airport um, about a year ago. Really? Yeah, dude, it was really weird. I didn't know that. I flew from like Texas to LA, LA to um, 
to Tokyo and I get off and I'm getting there like I'm going to collect my bag and I'm just standing there I'm tired I'm jet lagged and whatever and I look right next to me and there's Conan and he's sitting there talking to like this team of people and it I don't know if you like how closely you watch Conan, but he, he it was about a year ago. He went over there to go do some challenge or something like that. And okay. His, him and his entire entourage was like 30 people and they were, they're all hanging out there. He's, he's crazy tall. Like he's wicked tall. Like I'm six, six and I felt like he was taller than me. I don't think he is, but yeah, here he's, he's a, he's a big guy, big hair too. Um, yeah. okay. So next big and last, yeah. Next and last question. Best binge watch of your life? Uh, binge watch. Best binge watch. Ooh. That's hard because everybody... I, I mean, I, probably, you know, like Breaking Bad, I guess. Like, that's one that you can really just sit down. Fuck, maybe 24, you know? Remember that? Yeah, oh, God, man. <laughs> oh, God. That was, I, think that was the, I think that was the origin of binge watch. That was the OG binge watch experience for me, I guess. I mean... Because we were... With 24, we were reliant on somebody getting the DVDs. And they were kind of expensive, and we were all poor. Yes, so, that, was, that was a challenge. I think for like three or four years in a row, that was my gift from my parents. They were like, oh, there's this big gift. He wants 24. We got it for him. And I mean, we didn't even make it past like December 26th and we had already watched it <laughs> like, like 24 you know, hour yeah, binge watch. Yeah, I know. That was, that was actually my gift to Justin Calhoun was me going over to his house and watching his copy of 24 after he got it every year for Christmas, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, exactly. Justin. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't necessarily an ice DVDs, man. DVDs. Yeah, DVDs. Yeah. DVDs. Yeah, that was, that was the deal. So this is, I guess this is like the last icebreaker, but I kind of don't categorize it as an icebreaker question. Give okay. me... Give me your life in three minutes. Uh, I was raised in Missouri. That was all I really have to say about that. If you've ever been to Missouri, after that, I just moved around with you for, or like toured around for a while with you and then moved to Cleveland and kind of toured around for a while and then moved to somewhere. I I just kind of like, just kind of couch flopped for a few years there, it seems like, didn't it? Yeah, very um, nomadic. And then uh, I went to school for a year, and then I moved to New York, and then to Chicago, and then to L.A., and then back to Missouri, and then um, I met a wonderful gal and moved back to Los Angeles just recently, and I work in audio and music and relate fields related to those things okay i'm gonna fill in a couple of gaps there <clears throat> okay because you didn't take the full three minutes so i got i like, don't know how, i have no idea how long three minutes is that, right, that right right felt like that felt like an hour it's the I same length as a good pop song okay, um, well <laughs> i see it. i don't know how to do that either <laughs> uh, so that's where the struggle <laughs> that's the missing ingredient mm-hmm. um so more specifically you grew up in missouri and you've been involved in music pretty much since when? When did you start playing instruments and stuff? Um, I mean, I started singing like at a like singing at a young age, just because like my like everybody in my family, like on my mom's side, like sang like everyone, like every single cousin, aunt, uncle, and whatever you know. Right. Um, so like I was just around music like from when I was young, just like growing up like in church, like everybody else in the Midwest, um, and. Um, after that, let's see, I think I asked my mom for 
a bass in like fifth or sixth grade, like sixth grade, I guess, because I wanted to be cool <laughs> and I wanted to like do that. Um, also played trombone yeah. starting around that time too, I guess, like fifth or sixth grade, sixth grade. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of like played in bands with my friends from like then on until fairly recently, I suppose. Right. Um, yeah. So I remember meeting you and you were you were just hell bent on on being a recording engineer like that was where your passion was you were going to try to go to belmont university in uh tennessee oh yeah and like that was a big that was a big thing for you i remember and then it's funny that you mentioned the bass because i would argue that uh you know that that bass kind of changed your trajectory for life because when i met you i said he's got a bass i think no (laughs) actually sorry that was your that was your sales line like, I think I think it I was. I have a bass. Yeah, I, I do have a bass. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then you know, you and I played in a band. So anybody that's listening, uh, Adam and I used to play in a band. Like I, I would say, it's like the first band for both of us that like anything that like I don't know. We we were learning what the everything was about. We weren't just like this just little, what it was to even like be in a band or what a band is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, other than just like Cause, dicking you know, around and drinking Michelob light at Granberg's place you know what I mean like, you know like we had both played in like little local bands and, and stuff like that but this was the first band that like there was actually like a common goal associated with it I think is kind of the best way to say that yeah everybody was doing it for more than just you know there was yeah there was a reason other than just like I just want to be in a band bro you know? yeah like we were we had goals of, you know, traveling and touring and, and writing better records and putting out records and uh, catching the attention of a record company, maybe, and all that, all the, you know, trying to make it a career. And um, so I, that's, you know, one thing that we had in common. We played in that band together for, what, three, four years and uh, had a lot of firsts, a lot of fun. Oh, my God. It was I like can... four, it was like four years, four or five years, I'd say, yeah. right? It was, a, there. it was it was a while. It was a while. I mean, it was. It wasn't, it it wasn't was long, six months. It was long enough, and I think we worked hard enough that it. I mean, that was enough. That's what made me realize, like, I wanted to walk away from it. Was that, like, I didn't feel like the reward was coming fast enough, or maybe that it would come. You know, brother, were you right <laughs> or what? <laughs> <laughs> I had a crystal ball, um, but then taking it off of me, you kind of kept going, like you. I got I got to the point where I started getting older and I said, you know, I I don't want to necessarily I don't know how to chase this forever. And um you just kind of kept going with it. Obviously, you went into another facet of it uh by going to full sale and living in Florida and learning learning the actual technical side of the trade, I guess. Um before you got out there and started practicing it. Um and for anybody out there that's listening, full sale is like a it's a school like how would you describe it? I mean, just a big YouTube channel, basically. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, doctors it's, go to school to learn theory, and then they have yeah. to go out and practice it. You can learn all the things you want, but... there's um, I mean, there's nothing, like, theoretical. I mean, it, I don't know what they've, if they've changed anything in their curriculum. I mean, there's, there's you know, nothing theoretical about anything that they teach really i mean it's all just like technical like this plugs into this and this goes to here and you push that and it turns on and it's magic you know like um there's no like i cannot recall you know many you know lectures where i was like okay now listen like here's why you would actually do you know what i mean it's just like yes 
I don't know. I mean, there were definitely some people who are better than others, but uh, there was a lot of stuff that uh, if you just do a little homework, I mean, I went when like right before, like right when YouTube was like super taking off, like when things like when there were, were like tutorials and stuff on like how to do a whole bunch of things and like that's right. really the way to, that's really the way to go now. Anyway, if you're going to do anything that doesn't require, <laughs> you know, like a certificate that says, hey, this guy can do this. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that that's open doors for you, though? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely did. Um, I mean, I definitely was fortunate. Um, I like my first internship basically came because I went to Full Sail or whatever. Like, um, a friend of mine who had gone a few classes uh, ahead of me had gotten in touch with the uh, the studio manager at Electric Lady in New York, and he was just like, "Hey, man, why don't I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after school. I guess I just kind of assumed I was going to move to L.A. Maybe actually, yeah. I think, and." Um, my buddy was like, but I, did, I didn't have any like any contacts out here at the time, really. And I mean, I guess I did, but not in the recording world. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, um, my buddy, his name's actually also Adam. He's like, why don't you just move to New York and just like move in with me and like you can also just like intern. He was like, I'm sure. I'll just, he was like, I'll put you in touch with with Lee up there and see if you know, uh, see if he'll let you like in. You know, if you like, you guys, you know, you make a good fit or whatever. Yeah. So like I did, and that's what ended up happening. So like that wouldn't have happened had I not gone there. So that definitely was a. Um, that was a good move, you know. Certainly, nothing bad about that. Um, but and I enjoyed my time at Full Sail. It's just you know I think there's there's a lot you can really if you if you I guess the trick is just knowing how to ask the right questions and then you can pretty much learn whatever you want really yeah yeah good so story. I look at I look at you versus me so I gave the example of like you know our band broke up and you know, I think I I went on to go do some of my own music just as almost like therapy for some stuff I was going through at the time and then I played in another band um and I worked for other bands too so I didn't like totally walk away from it but I started to kind of open my aperture a little bit that maybe um just being the guitarist in a band wasn't my only option so I started kind of taking on other things but so did you but I think that's because I look at things as there's a process to everything whereas you one of the things I really look up to you for is that you don't necessarily chase process as much as you do your passion. Well, that's uh, well, you could kind of go either way with that one, right? You think? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. <clears throat> I don't know if that's really necessarily a strength all the time. I think you know it is I mean? because like, you know, like here we are in our mid thirties, and. Um, you know, you followed your passion and it got you to essentially the same outcome as you wanted when I met you when you were 17. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, but, you know, I think I just told uh, my last guest that I had on, my friend Melissa, I said that, you know, it's, I think it's funny that a lot of people just, they go through life and they they find something that just, they happen upon that that ends up becoming their life's work. You know, like, very few people have this goal at age 10, 12, 15, 17, whatever, and then they find themselves doing that at an older age. And I think that it's all stems from you following passion rather than process. I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, I definitely got lucky with like just kind of like always being like, oh, I really want to, I really want to do this. Like, or I just, I just always thought it was like really cool. I just like wanted to do. I just, I don't know. I don't know. That just seems something like the first time I ever walked into a studio, just being like, whoa, like, 
I wish I knew what all this shit did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would sure be cool to just walk in here and, you know, with authority, reach over and just turn that knob and something definitively happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and knowing how to, like, read that meter and, um, you know, load that tape on that machine and what the hell is that thing over there? You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. know, just like, I don't even no. understand. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just always, I, I got lucky and... I got lucky in that, I suppose. So, because yeah, I know a lot of people don't necessarily find what they anything they want to do, really. <laughs> right, and you I know? and I think the the cool thing about passion versus process, like following your passion. I see a theme here. Well, no, no, no. I just we'll, we'll get there, okay? Like I, this is a process, okay? I told you, I'm process driven. <laughs> of course, I'm not passionate about learning about what you want to know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Shut up! This is mine. <laughs> you start your own damn podcast. Right. Get your own bottle. Um, but no, like I think you know when I kind of beat up like how you got to where you got. I think part of it is that you were passionate about it, and it's that's kind of an easy sell to earn people's trust. You know, um, but the, I think it could get a little tricky later. So here's how kind of how I see it: you were passionate enough to let somebody trust you to come in to work with their studio equipment, right? And then you were passionate enough for somebody to take a chance in going into a business with you. And then you were, st- and then, then you learned some experience and you had, you kind of, kind of developed your own credentials, so to speak. But that passion was still there, which helped you. It helped open doors for other people, um, to, to accept you. Is that, like, have you noticed that? Like, obviously, you can't just walk in and shake that piece of paper at somebody's face and and then be like, oh, you went to full sale? Cool, you're hired. Here's your money. Yeah, you know? right. No, that usually doesn't happen as far as I understand. Um, no, I mean, yeah, that's it, – it's. I mean, everything – I mean, that's I mean, that's just kind of how life works, isn't it? Like, you kind of just you – st- you have to start somewhere. You just, like, meet people and do – like, just try to get as much experience and, like, whatever it is you want to experience in life. Like, just you just have to go and get that. Like, that's kind of, like, the way I see it. Like, uh, you, what else are you doing? You know what I mean? Like – Yeah. And I guess – I mean, I guess that is a predicament that a lot of people face because they don't know exactly what they're supposed to be running after. Right. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, like – uh, there aren't other things I want to do, like other than engineer or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, I'm lucky and just knowing that that's what I that's something that I like to do and I can do it gainfully. But um, I mean, I just think that's kind of like what it is. Like, um, I was very fortunate for sure. Like, I'm not saying like there haven't been people who have like helped me like a ton along the way. But like, that's you know, people want to help people who help themselves, and like, you should. And everybody, like, I don't know, like just connecting with people and networking with people, and like people want to work with people who are dynamic and are mo- moving somewhere and just trying to make something happen you know what i mean like i do you know if i meet somebody who's like damn that guy's like doing something like right what's what's that guy doing like huh like i don't even know like i don't even like he like i literally don't even know what he's doing but it seems like he's doing something I wonder what that is you know what i mean yeah. not like i, I want to keep that. watching i want to keep looking. yeah i just yeah i'm curious or like next time i see that you know that person him or her or whatever like i'm gonna i'm just be like hey like what's your what's going on like what's the deal you know what i mean like if it was it's a cup if it's a comfortable setting and it's not I'm not being a creepo like yeah hey what's your story you know yeah <laughs> well I mean that's kind of funny you mentioned that because you're sort of in like an industry of cool you know like just like there has to, there's like a there is a vibe to to that entire world at least what I saw of it 
and you're, I mean, you're at a totally different level now. So do you feel like, like you bring something different to the table, whether it be like your passion or just be your persona or what, um, that helps you win people over versus, um, you know, anybody else that might come in with a resume that went to full sale and has worked in a handful of studios. Um, like how do you leverage, how do you leverage, uh, yourself into the places you get yourself? Uh, I mean, honestly, a lot of it's just, I mean, at least for me is like, there is definitely like an air of like, and and like, like it does affect like people differently, but like, you know, it's like when there's somebody who's a celebrity or somebody like really famous or some like crazy musician, you know, like people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, like, I don't know when that like, when like some like you know because i used to think like oh my god there's that person like holy shit man like yeah that's fucking rick fucking springfield i actually saw rick springfield the other day at, <laughs> at vintage king amazing um, i was like hey it's rick fucking springfield uh but um i totally lost track of what i was saying there rick springfield just derails me oh, every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah you got you got uh, you rick rolled yourself <laughs> i did yes i did didn't even take long oh it's just like yeah like i, I don't it doesn't like I don't get like wound up about it like so much like I just like it's an industry of cool but the only way to like be cool is just like not give a shit like these people are just here to like work like yeah I work at a recording studio these people just want to come in and like for the most part people just want to come in and like work like they don't want to talk about like I'm not saying people aren't fun or don't have a good time but like I'm not there to like um you know like it's not social hour. I mean, we, we'll chat. I mean, definitely. Like, we definitely, there's definitely sessions where there's a lot of talking, but, yeah, you know, you know, it's just like, so you have to just like be cool, man. Like, don't be a dick and like just try to get along with who you're working with. You know what I mean? Like, they're so like, be- who are, who are some, uh, like, you know, just this is your opportunity to name drop. Who are some celebrities that you've, you've been around? You'd be like, oh my God, like that person's in the room right now, but okay, keep your composure. Um, I get, let's see, lately we've done, uh, I did some, we had a session with like Katy Perry and P. Diddy. I think that was like the most like, that was like a couple months ago. I think that was the most like, I don't know, like TV people or something. Yeah. Um, actually, I guess that's not true either. I was doing a, um, I engineered a session for The Voice the other day. Like they came in and shot like one of their episodes at at uh, the studio I work at. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Like when they're like trying to, it shows them like trying to work things out with people. It, yeah. I mean, it really it actually was kind of, it was kind of cool because I had a, had a little bit of respect for like the voice process or whatever, like at least for this particular segment because basically they had like established a ruse for this girl who's like going to be a contestant. And, you know, like she didn't, know, you know, she didn't have any idea. That, like this was just like a ruse you know what i mean like oh but, really but really like the judge like the celebrity judge like won't give it away like the celebrity judge like is actually there and it's like they talk and she has like no idea what's gonna happen you know what i mean like it was yeah. it was it was organic like i was there you know like that's kind of cool. i'm not sh- i'm not sure if i'll like be in the episode or whatever but um it was you know it was it was fun like so um, it, it for anybody listening just keep your eye on the uh on the show, The Voice, and if don't, you see the don't big, do if that. you see Please the big don't. Lebowski don't. sitting in the background, no, that's Adam. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please stop listening to Corey now. This is uh, the big Lebowski made an yeah. appearance in, in The Voice, and it's actually Adam. That's oh, brilliant. I had on a I had on a snappy little black shirt. Outstanding. Oh so yeah, you, I you mentioned adorable. You know, you also mentioned that um, you know there are other things you want to do, or 
or are there like do, are those established or you just think oh maybe someday i'd like to do some other stuff like do you uh, know like what kind of ideas you have yeah i mean i'd like to do like i'd like to stay like in the music world if i can like to a degree um just like you know uh, this is, it's a, it's a business that like I'm really fam- like I'm just familiar with. So um, I'd like to move more into. I mean I'm, I've already done like you know obviously you know like you and me whatever like just I've done songwriting a lot of songwriting. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to do more of that. I've just kind of taken a small like hiatus, just trying to like figure out a new method or what or not method, but just uh, I don't know, just take like a new approach. You know what I mean? It's just been uh, just want to try something different, and I just want to like have like a clean slate almost in a way. Well, that's um, that side of the business is extremely difficult too, as you know. Like, um, you know, I'll at the end, or I'll put it in the show notes, or we'll, we'll plug it at the end. But like, like some of your bands, like I'm not even kidding. Like, if if I didn't know you, I would still love the music. And I think I think you got involved with like some really talented people, and you guys made some really good products. But that like that's a that's a hard that's a hard cookie or a hard nut to crack or whatever the saying is. You know, like. That's that's really hard to break into that that world and actually make it, you know, sustainable. Um, so uh, I mean, and so when you say it, I mean, have you kind of given up on like the rock star dream, or are you talking more like, um, you know, studio type work or just writing and selling to other people, or like, where what do you mean when you say like you'd like to continue songwriting? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to do just like songwriting with people, just collaborating with people and like, yeah, just kind of like doing studio work. I'm not saying that I'm like, I don't want to like, I don't like ever want to perform again or like just like play with somebody like, you know, do something with somebody on stage, you know, again. Right. I just right now I've just been kind of like focusing on engineering just because I don't know. It's, uh, I, I mean, I enjoy it and it makes it, you know, it pays the bills and all that fun stuff. But I also just like this, I don't know. I just kind of want to do that right now. It was, yeah. I needed a, I wanted to just focus on that. I mean, previously, you know, before I moved to Los Angeles, I was doing like a band and running a recording studio in the middle of, you know, the Bible belt. And it was just kind of a time of like, all right, look, I got, I got to do one or the other. And, um, it just seemed like a better move for me to like come out here and like do this out here, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to get into songwriting and just like just like business, maybe some representation. Um, there's there's so many different facets. Like you know, the music industry is changing so rapidly. Oh that yeah. There's there's so many like there's so many different kinds of revenue streams, and you kind of have to have a whole bunch of different ones going on. Yeah. Um, to like make any you know money beyond you know something to get you diversify. Yeah. Diversify them bombs. You you got <laughs> to do that. That's right. Um, my God. So what's like? I mean. You mentioned, like, I can't remember how long ago it was. It was probably, what, 10, 10 or 12 years ago you were living in L.A. last time? Oh, sure. Um, I, I, it was... Yeah. No, actually. No, it was like 2011 or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember you I came, up, so. you came up to the Bay Area for Thanksgiving that one time. Yes. Ah, yes. Oh, my God. That was great. So... Um, so my question here is like, obviously, like you just said, the music industry is changing. Technology is like changing like crazy. Um, you don't necessarily need some big, huge corporate studio with amazing gear to make something that is commercially viable. Uh, your chances are better, I think, if you're if you're doing it that way. But so obviously that industry is changing. Like, what is the vibe in L.A.? Is it is like the overall vibe in L.A. different now than it was 
um, back like what, 10, 15, whatever it was, 10 years ago? Um, yeah, I mean, things are definitely like different here than they were before. Um, but I think that they're, I feel like things are getting like a little better. This is a unique kind of time for Los Angeles right now, just because, um, like just as I speak, like it's only been like a month or like six weeks since like uh, Nipsey was shot out here. So like things actually kind of got really, like really tense in like the world that I live in for like a little while. But like overall, the um, uh, the vibe is pretty good, and like it seems like people are like making money. There's like people are getting you know streams, people are getting signed, people are like doing publishing deals. Like things are happening. You know what I mean? So right. it seems like you know I know that there's like new like laws being put in place to like make sure like you know you know songwriters and like uh, performers like get what they're supposed to get like from like um you know from the companies who are actually like bringing the revenue in so like i, I mean i know the i know the studio business is you know at least where i'm at is is pretty busy you know so uh, St- uh steven tyler from aerosmith is helping drive that charge i know something like i forget what man, they call it it's like the, of, the creator a lot like of people yeah the creators like equality act or something like that yeah um there's like a ton of like different like individuals and like groups of people who are like heading up like a like a crazy amount of um uh you know activists uh, activism activism i can't speak yeah yeah. um like you know towards like that cause because like it really is nuts but i mean there's i we you know we definitely have plenty of people um you know driving fancy cars and like you know booking lots of studio time you know what i mean so yeah and doing well yeah i mean like you know and we you know i know we've been busy i know a lot of other studios in la have been busy you know um and i don't see but you know you did you talk about the process just a second ago like just to go back to that um oh you say you're trying to take it full circle you have a a better you know a better chance of like having something commercially viable if it's done in a big studio but it's really like has nothing to do with that like at all like i totally know that like i get that like you don't i mean anybody in their bedroom can do who's just got you know good enough talent or whatever can can like figure it out and do it and like make something like that suddenly (laughs) you know six months later is is huge or a year later is like huge you're like god this kid just you know i've i've worked with a few people like that who are just now like starting something that you know they've been dicking around with for a year or two and then suddenly like overnight it was like wait a minute like how did we get like 50,000 plays on this song? We had like a thousand last month. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. That's just like, right. Suddenly it just, suddenly it just goes. And they made that shit in their bedroom, man. Like they bought, crazy. you know, ozone and some waves plugins and just went to town. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Um, Which is nuts to me because for the longest time, I, I thought that like the music industry was going to die. And it's like, you just mentioned like the, you know, diversifying, like it's, it's totally true. You can't, most people these days can't just survive on, I write and record and release good music. They also have to consider their public image and they have to, you know, be just as lucrative oh, on, on YouTube and Instagram. Dude, you're and, Instagrammed. Every, everybody's got a freaking Instagram, man. I'm like, good. It's a, I, I don't, that's, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm old school. But I've got an Instagram and I post on there when I think about it, but it's not like my every, you know, on my every waking thought, you know, you're what I mean? not like to, trying to turn that into a revenue stream. I'm not live streaming my life like at all times, like, right. Which I don't understand. 
I don't know why you would want to sit around and waste your life watching somebody else look at their themselves in their phone because <laughs> that's there's, what they're doing, you know. There and there's and it's crazy like the the caliber of people that are doing it too. Like Will Smith for like oh yeah for like six months, Will Smith had like the number one YouTube channel, and he was just doing like like vlogs like hey guys i'm out today and i'm gonna go take my son to soccer and then i'm gonna uh talk with some guys on the phone about some business so come along and you're like you're will smith do you really need like the maybe like a thousand dollars that you'll make off this youtube video is it really that needed you i mean dude you were you're kind of a big deal it's just (laughs) a way of like you know it's just a way of getting uh it's it's about yeah it's about persona you know what i mean it's about public perception and, and stuff and like that's how your brand probably. stays relevant exactly yeah like yeah. i mean he's got a brand like he has the will smith brand that he has to like i mean he's got to keep the mansion running you know what i mean like there's there's right there's so not that he's going to run out of money anytime particularly soon i'm sure i'm sure he's pretty well taken care of however you know you got to keep everybody else happy you got to keep everybody employed because you know that's the way it goes or whatever is it is it does it seem like L.A. is so, you know, people always joke around and you see it in movies and stuff that L.A. is, uh, you know, everybody's an aspiring actress or everybody is a, you know, everybody's trying to get into a movie or whatever. Like, does it feel like even worse now? Because everybody is essentially so they like everybody in the world now has some level of um, like celebrity status, you know, like. You, if with hashtag Adam Shaler, could probably like have some level of of tiny celebrity status. So it almost seems like with everybody trying to diversify all those. Things, I highly doubt that. Well, I, you might be surprised. I find that highly unlikely. I'm a big fan. So, does it? Do you do you feel like? Oh, my, that's my neighbor. He's a he's an aspiring this and that. Oh, that's my uh, my coworker. He also does this because he's also trying to diversify and get bigger with this and that. And, you know, do you feel like you see that more now? Um, I don't, you know, I really, <laughs> I really don't meet, I mean, I guess everybody, I mean, everybody out here is trying to do something for the most part, you know what I mean? Like, um, I also work like an obscene amount of hours a week. So usually the people that I'm around are like those people either already are successful people who are yeah. doing what it is they were seeking to do. Um, or they are in the spot they want to be to try to be, you know, to try to get to the next level. So, I mean, I guess it's the same as it always has been. Like, is it any better or worse? Like, nah, I mean, I just, I think there's just more people. I mean, that's how it always was. Just now you have a little more chance of doing it as an individual. You don't have to have some like, you know, huge corporation, like shoveling money into you. In fact, now, if anything, it's like you have to prove yourself like, big time before anybody's going to take a chance of investing in you you know what i mean like you've already got to be having like an income stream basically like if you can monetize then somebody else will want to invest in you so they can guess what monetize you know what i mean right so and that i mean that's what everybody's chasing is some sort of brand deal or or whatever that's just nuts yeah it's it's such a different it's such a different landscape because i remember when you and i uh you know we were playing in bands like the there was one answer you know it was uh, you know, get a record deal and have that company promote you. And now everybody's promoting themselves. Essentially. I remember, um, you know, I remember Justin saying, Hey, there's this thing called Facebook and it's only for like colleges, but because, or for college kids. 
And he was, I mean, he was like a marketing genius before his time, I think, because he was like, what we need to do is we need to use this Facebook thing and start hitting up or marketing our music to college kids on there. And we, I just remember it was so foreign and new, we couldn't even wrap our minds around it. You know? <laughs> well, and the problem was, Corey's that none of us went to college. So, <laughs> yeah, well, Justin did. That's yeah, why we thought that true. was our in, you know, but we, yeah. I mean, we didn't go to college. So we were, we were stupid. We were like, dude, no, I don't, I, I see yeah. where you're coming from this. Like, sure. But I just don't I mean, this know is obviously a great idea, but I can't get on board with it because I didn't go to college, so I'm retarded. Yeah, I'm not smart um, enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm not smart enough to do this. Go away. How, I'm, go away, Biden. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were the, the like, hashtag. total idiots. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we were idiots. I mean, but everyone was an idiot for a short while. Yeah. So totally changing gears. I'm really yes, curious. let's I change gears. I haven't talked to you about uh, the next topic in a thousand years. Okay. So... Um, as you know, there is, uh, uh, you know, an election coming up soonish. Uh huh. Twenty twenty. Yep. Right out the gate, just first answer. Who do you think wins? I have no idea, dude. I mean, I think I honestly think it probably will be our frisbee-headed god emperor. I would imagine. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just I like. Chances are, you know. He will win a second term. I mean, most presidents do. Yeah. Um, for the most part. I mean, I mean, I guess not most, but, you know, what, the last like 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years. Yeah. Mostly the incumbent wins. So um, that's my guess. Who knows? Maybe it'll be that. Um, man, I really don't know. I mean, I'm just assuming so, it's going to be him. Like, so it, you're it's saying hard to know just... because you never know now with the news, now the way. You know, everything works. It's like, it really just doesn't matter until like three months before the fucking election because everybody's public opinion is going to change, you know, with some big political stunt that's going to end, you know, with somebody doing something stupid or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got a guy as desperate as Trump too. who like he's he wants to stay there. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So he'll he'll do whatever he's got to do to stay. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think would have to happen? Like, what do you think the country is missing? that would have to happen for him to not stand a chance like what kind of candidate comes out of the woodwork and promises like what kind of things do they promise that that gets him money to, to lose popularity money like jobs and money i mean it's that's you know and healthcare. like that's that's what it so all the, is like the same old hot topics i mean yeah i mean at this point like i, I mean dude i'm no <laughs> I'm not a politician or any yeah. sort of political analyst by any means, but it seems to me that, you know, we have, especially with, well, I mean, you have to see, it kind of depends on what Trump does, what somebody else says next, because, you know, tariffs on China or whatever, you know, like, is it going to, was the, you know, American farmer really the one who pays for that? And like all that, you know, all, every headline you can think of, you know? Right. Um, so we'll see in a year or two, like what happens because- you know, whatever he does over the next year, that's what, like, the next guy who comes up who, like, really has a voice would be like, well, I'm going to take what he did and do it the exact opposite, and that's what we're supposed to do, you know? So. Yeah. I heard, the reason I asked that, I just, like, I never really thought about, like, what has to be said or promised to take it from him or to ensure that he gets it, but I heard a theory the other day, and okay. I think you, you'll probably have a pretty good perspective on this. Okay. Um, I heard I heard a theory that, 
They think that his bargaining chip to win over. So you got to think this this new election um, model that's happening is it's you know there obviously has to be a left and there has to be a right, but nobody really agrees with either of them. So you're not voting for who you want. You're voting for who, you're voting for the person that'll prevent uh, the person you want, or sorry, the person yeah. you don't want. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm going to vote for him so that that person doesn't get it. It's a totally yeah. u- unique model. So somebody said to me, they're like, my prediction is that Trump uses the legaliz- the federal legalization of marijuana to win over the left and slaughters what by a landslide because he'll already have the conservative vote. Uh, he might lose a couple, but the amount that he'll win from, uh, from, the, uh, from the liberal side will just annihilate it because those people won't be able to backpedal and be like, oh, I don't like his his fundamentals anymore all you he's got to do is promise the farmer all i mean i mean sure i mean that's definitely a play i don't think he'll do that i mean if he did that would be i mean he certainly can't just be like by the way abortion's legal in all 50 states no problem it's all good you know he can't do that right. marijuana is probably like the easiest pill that he can use to win the left without breaking everybody else's heart on the right um, yeah sure i mean it's a play i, I don't know it seems like would you, if um, if he did that, do you think it would be a solution? Like, do you think would you do you think it's a smart play, to, just in general, aside from politics, to lift the ban federally? Oh, you mean do I think that would just be a good idea to have federally illegal yeah. or federally legal marijuana? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, it just, I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> well, dude, here's the deal: like, like if you want weed, you're gonna find weed it is so available in enough states that people are taking it other place you know i mean it's always been available but now dude if you want to get weed you're gonna get some weed so and it's not you know let's go through every single argument you want it's not as dangerous as alcohol it just chills you out you know what whatever man like yeah eventually everybody's gonna want their piece of the pie and that does make sense you know if, if trump wanted to do that he would definitely have a huge federally imposed tax on it. You know what I mean? It would be outrageous just so he could be like, well, if you guys want to get stoned, then I'm going to get rich. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Well, yeah. I've and, always, I, and I'm going to give it all to the farmers. The farmers are going to take it all, you know. Right. And I, I've always argued that, you know, I guess in support of those whole, like, you know, it's safer than alcohol, all that kind of stuff. Like, I've always argued, um, despite the fact that, you know, I don't utilize it, but I can look at it and I can say, you have something that's in demand. You have something that, like you just said, you could tax. Everybody wants it. Yeah. It's not, you know, it like it's a no-brainer as far as an economic stimulus. Um, well, and forget even just like getting stoned, like just like b- being able to like, you know, like not have a big deal with like treating people who actually benefit from the effects of having like. THC pill, you know, capsules and like yeah. supplements and stuff like that, like, you know, reduces their seizures and like is a good treatment for like um, their cancer. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like their complications from cancer. You know what I'm Like it comforts people. Like, good grief. Like, why can't at least let those people have it for God's sakes? Just out of compassion. It's, it's funny. Helpful, like, I guess know? I didn't, I didn't realize that there is still a weird uh, gray area there with that. Like, um, my mother in law had cancer and she was being treated for it and she got a medicinal marijuana license for it. 
mm-hmm. but that was only valid in her state. Yeah. But any other prescription in the world you can cross state lines with because of it's a prescription. Yeah, no, as soon as you step out of that state somewhere else, you're you're done. You know what I mean? I there guess was I a didn't, guy in um, I didn't realize Kansas that. there was a guy in Kansas City just recently who the sheriff or someone came through and like raided his whole room. Like this guy is he is in bed with like pancreatic cancer and he's got some THC pills and he's I mean he is in the hospital and he's like taking these basically on his own, like Somebody at the do- like the hospital like ratted him out and like they're there like searching all of his belongings and like taking like and like f- so they can find them and take them and he's like great like wonderful now I can like suffer because I don't like to take fucking heroin or like the codeine or whatever they give me you know whatever they were yeah. giving him opioids you know? or opiates or yeah whatever exactly there. opioids like dude that stuff is terrible you're just itchy and sleepy all the time how who wants to dude, do I'm, that you know I'm one of those I had a um I had a double jaw surgery like three years ago and. I dude, I can't stomach those those narcotics like at all. Like, I was so sick to my stomach the second I started taking them, and like I just ended up being in pain because of it. Not saying that I mean that I would like I'd, I'd smoke weed to fix it or that it, smoking weed would have fixed it, but it's just that option. Like it's just another thing that somebody could have in their tool belt to um, to fix it. I I do struggle with one one piece of it though. It's kind of interesting. Is like where do you draw the line in the sand with well, I mean, yeah, okay, so I see what you're saying, like, can you smoke before, you know, blaze before you go to work, is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying, like, where does the lo- the line get drawn in the sand, like, if, let's just, I'm just playing, hype. like, I'm drawing, I'm trying to create a hypothesis I, I, of, yes. of, if he, if he were to go, come along and, and just swipe it and say, cool, legal everywhere, technically speaking, states, can, can states go back and then say they don't? They're still going to be illegal if it's I mean, federally if, legal. If, yeah, if a, I mean, it's, it yeah, depends on how far you want to defend the state's rights. You know what I mean? Like, if a state wants to say, "Hey, like, we're not going to do this or whatever," then. But you know, at the same time, like the federal, I mean, the only way to do that is for the state to come along and sue the federal government and probably go to the Supreme Court, and that's when they will ultimately decide, like, yes, states can do whatever the hell they want, or no, like this is a you know you can't throw people in jail for marijuana because we say that it's cool, man. So. Now you have to have your, pres- you know, if, if it's medical, you have to have your prescription. If it's recreational, you can only have so much, you know, whatever, like, just like they would regulate anything else. I guess there's no regulation on beer. If somebody pulls you over with 150 cases of beer in the bed of your truck, no, we're going to do nothing about it, I don't think, bud. Yeah. Um, but you see you see my point. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I look at, like, the second and third order effects of, you know, a federal, um, you know, lifting a federal ban. Because would that further divide the left and the right? Would the left-leaning states take more of uh, a liberal stance at it, and the um, you know, and the right just saying absolutely not, we're not going to cave on this, and then now so all of a sudden, you know, you're you're going into a further divide between the left and the right. Man, here's what I th- like. Honestly, there's so many states, like even just Missouri, just passed medicinal marijuana. You know, like. I don't think the I don't think it's that big of a hot button issue for the right like near as much of it is as for the left. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that's the important like distinction is like I don't think the right really gives a shit. I mean, yeah, some of the some of those hardliners out there are going to be like marijuana's bad for you, you know, but like I mean, look at all these conservative states that are all at least allowing like or decriminalizing or whatever. You know, they're taking small steps like and people are voting for this. This isn't just like mandated like this is what's happening. So I don't think people really like 
I just don't think people care as much. It's been made to be a bigger deal than it actually is to most people. Oh, so, absolutely. But to, the, but to the left, yeah, for people who want to get stoned, like, damn it, dude, they just want to get stoned. Like, what's the big deal? And people on the right who don't want it, it's like, dude, who cares? Like, But I think that's I mean, the, the crazy part is, like you just said, it's become such a, a non-issue that you have people on the right that just want to get stoned, too. Yeah, well, and I mean, you know it has I mean? nothing to do with being on the right or left and wanting to get stoned. It's just like... Well, it kind of does if you're trying to, you're trying to determine, uh, you know, legality of it. You but know, our like, culture has become like, look how much different it is, like, between the late 90s and now, when you watch television, and like, first of all, weed hardly ever came up in the late 90s on TV, it was usually in movies, yeah. you know, it was, you know, Friday or How High or whatever, you know what I mean, like, or Tommy Boy, you know what I'm saying? Or if it was in if it was in TV, like you know, in Saved by the Bell or something like that, you know, like a, it was. Oh my God, it was such yeah, it a was, you know, stigmatized this an, thing. Yeah, this is an opportunity to to highlight the damaging effects of of illegal drugs and stuff like that. It's very very uh, Nancy Reagan era. It's kind of lingering over. Yeah, um, but that's not. It just isn't the case anymore. Like and, and like just even like teen like teen shows or whatever. Like everybody's blazed man like that's what everybody's doing like uh and, and you know one of the reasons why is because there is no regulation you know what i mean like kids are just going and getting weed. like unless it's in a state you know where it's legal like you're just going and getting weed from somebody you know what i mean is it, like is it totally legal in california right now totally totally like i just so made a visit to the dispensary this evening as a matter of fact and you don't and you don't need a uh you don't need a license or like a medical i mean you card have to have a license like you're basically a they call you a patient. I mean, I didn't fill out any paperwork. They do take your license. You just like log your information. Um, but I don't even have, you don't have to have a California license. I've got an expired, broken, chewed up in plastic Missouri license. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised, dude. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> well, you know, it takes a long time to get to the DMV out here. Yeah. I waited for three months for my appointment at the DMV and when I got there I found out that there was I had something wrong with a with a car accident I was in out here several months ago and I had to call Sacramento. Did you know that in the state of California uh that when you get in an accident you have to call the DMV and tell them Oh my gosh. Did, did you know that? That sounds like the worst thing to ever happen to anything. Like I don't know why, why. would you why would you have to involve yourself with the DMV any more than you absolutely have to and how would you know that it's not like there's a billboard on like you know once you get in from you know arizona into california like welcome to california by the way if you're involved in a motor vehicle collision please call the department uh the california department of transportation dmv you know like i was back in missouri in in march and um me and my sister got rear-ended uh by this this dude at a stoplight oh shit and it i mean it messed up her car real bad and I mean, it, technically, it totaled it, and then um, this guy's truck was like completely unscathed. So we called the cops, and the cops were like, "Does anybody need to go to the hospital?" And they're and we're like, "No." And they're like, "Okay, just take each other's insurance information. We we don't have enough officers to dispatch out to come and." Bro, that's and, how it is. I mean, I mean that that's be nuts, dude. Dude, it's crazy. That's what happened. To, that's what happened to me. Like, was involved in a car accident, and like, it was not. It was not a fender bender, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the car I was in was totaled, and like, I think his car was still totaled. It was a, it was not good, and we called the police, and they're like, "Is anyone hurt?" And then we're like, "No, luckily everybody's fine." I mean, we were like, we all hurt afterwards, but nobody was like, you know, in dire need of medical yeah, not attention, like injured. No, and so they're like, "No, we don't come." Now we went 
to the police station a couple of days later because we wanted to be thorough. You know, we didn't want to like leave any stone unturned. Right. And we asked the guy, we're like, hey, like, you know, we need to file a police report or we need to like see a copy if there was a police, you know, whatever. He's like, nah, there isn't one. And we're like, okay, well, we just, that's where we're here. We want to file one. He's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. Like, there isn't going to be one. Like, <laughs> like we're not doing that. Like, we just don't. And, and like, basically, his thing was like, look, we just don't do that. Like, your insurance companies are fighting it out anyway. It's not for us to like find fault. They do that now. Yeah, but so, they, isn't it like the law enforcement's position to be a mediator, so to speak? Like, no, you would think like somebody there to validate that the that the insurance card and the driver's license that I just got aren't completely bogus. Um, you know, like we're like I live in or my family lives. I'll live there soon in Louisiana. And when we got there and we first bought our car insurance, so we buy this we buy this new car, we get our car insurance, and I could not get over how expensive it was. Like it was hands down two and a half times what I'm used to paying. Like I have a squeaky clean driving record and it was just through the roof expensive. And I asked the guy, I was like, what on earth is like the issue here? Like, what can we pull down? Do I need to do a higher deductible? What's the deal? And he's like, no man, state of Louisiana has the highest number of uninsured motorists of any state in the country. All 50 states. More people are driving around here without insurance. So you have to pay you got to pay the difference. Essentially, you're essentially paying to to protect yourself against the guy that's going to hit you that doesn't have it. So all the more reason, dispatch some some damn cops. Come out here and catch somebody that doesn't have insurance. Take away their license, and you know, man, be a be a member of society. And that's yeah, drives me I nuts. Mean, no, it's it's dude, that's insane. <laughs> I didn't realize Louisiana. Yeah, it's really, Louisiana really slipping down there. Yeah, it's it is. I've spent a lot of time in Louisiana. It certainly is a. Uh, Ooh. A dump. <laughs> you know what? I, I I do love New Orleans though. I've had a lot of good times in in New Orleans. And oddly yeah, enough, but would you want to live? Would Portland, you want to live there? Man, it's really it's really hot. Man, yeah. I don't know. That's that muggy thing. I just I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. Not again. Not again. Yeah. You know. Did, it's just you too, said you you've steamy. been to Shreveport though. Uh, yeah, a lot of my family, like my grandma's family, is like is like from Shreveport. It's like I've had family there yeah. for a long time. Yeah, uh, Shreveport and Baton Rouge, yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I did know that. You had told, like, when I told you we were moving there, you were like, yeah, I got a ton of family there. And yeah. Lacey, Lacey got me, like, nine kinds of excited one day at work. I was working, and she sent me a text. Hey, Adam just announced that he's moving to L.A. Uh, and, and selfishly, like, in my own lane, I was like, he's going to move to Louisiana? And we're moving to Louisiana? This is great. And... uh and I got to think, oh, yeah, it would make more sense for a guy in the music industry to move to Los Angeles. Not, I'll tell you uh, what, bud, whenever you get done with that uh, Air Force, the little thing you're doing over there, why don't you just move your own family out over here to Los Angeles, bud, and we'll just hang out. Dude, I don't, I don't think I could do California again. It's crazy here, man. It really is. I, I just don't. I've, I've lived there for a grand total of like, like, like eight and a half years of my life. For one, it's expensive. I, I don't think I could. I'm I'm not going to advocate too too hard, but I really don't think I could get on board with like the wildly liberal agenda. That's just me. Like I I definitely yeah, it's I definitely value, I value liberal. some of the the liberal stances. Like I think you know what's your thought of, on unisex bathrooms? How do you feel about that, Corey? Actually, I do have an opinion. Would you like to I hear? Would, it? I would love to hear your opinion. Um, I think there's an easy solution. I, I think we could stop the argument. 
just by so check out you know you have a bathroom in your house right everybody listening everybody you know what i actually don't you know this <laughs> oh this sorry here we had we couldn't afford it we just thought you know it was either refrigerator or the toilet and we were just like you know what turns out the food and the toilet go in the same spot so you had to pick one yeah, yeah it was kind of like that um no like, it's right next to the shower though so it's great <laughs> um so here's my thought on that whole thing oh actually i'll tell a real quick anecdotal story Good. The first time, the second time I flew from Japan to the States, I landed at SFO in San Francisco. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I got to pee. You know, I'd been on a plane forever. And I ran to the bathroom and I got tripped up because I didn't know where to go because of the way the signs were. There was, um, I forgot how, it more or less alluded to this is a men's, this is a woman's, and this is a this one's allowed to be a men or woman's like it's something right. weird. And it was the first time I'd ever seen that, but I remember yeah. hearing about the issue with the news and stuff. So my answer to this is you have a bathroom in your house, right? And I have one yeah, in mine. We've established that, right? Right. And there's no, I don't have a men's restroom in my house or a woman's restroom in my house. I just have a, a restroom. Yes. And if you go to like a really nice mall every once in a while, you'll see like you walk into the men's restroom and there's a big like full size door. And you open that big full-size door and you close that full-size door and you lock it. And you have your own little non-gender You're the specific, king of the world. Yeah. yeah. You have a toilet. You need to sit down and do your thing. You sit down and do your thing. You need to stand up and do your thing. Stand up and do your thing. Like, why can't we just have like a bathroom that you walk in? This is the restroom facility. It's got a big long line of sinks and it has isolated toilet areas that people are completely closed into so you don't have... The fear, you know, the the people that are super scared of it, um, don't have that that thing to say. Oh, somebody could be peeking at me. No, you can't. You're behind a. You're in your own room. Um, I mean, an argument I would have against that, and I'm not saying like this would this invalidates your point. Right. I'm saying like, what about like? I mean, but I live in North Hollywood, man. There's <clears throat> twice a week you walk in somewhere and there's a crackhead in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like who's locked himself in there or whatever. You know, there's crack pipes and needles outside my apartment my apartment every other day. So You need to move. These people well <laughs> hey but North Hollywood's a it's a jungle. That you're but. only further supporting my, my point that I don't think I could live in California again. <laughs> well I mean this is one very small section of California, I think. Right, right. right. Um so uh yeah this isn't this isn't Beverly Hills. Um this isn't even like Woodland Hills. <laughs> I'm just, I just mean like, you know, if everybody changed the idea that men and women had to go to different places to go to the bathroom and they made, they changed the standard of what a a public restroom was. Like I said, you walk in, there's a bank of sinks and then there's over on the next side of the, of the room, there's a bunch of doors that lead to a toilet. It's completely irrelevant what's happening in the, in the, the stall next to you because you're not dealing with stalls anymore. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I I think there's just people, you know, people get worried about, you know, children, you know, not being able to figure out what's happening and just peop- weird, creepy people like snatch, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife kind of situation. So, um, you know, I, I know people are concerned about that. Like, you know, how do you deal with children in that situation? Like, but at the same time, you got creepy guys and gals in the bathrooms all over the world. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I just think you, you know, could give it to like a good architect and a good design firm or something, and they'd come back and they'd be like, this is what the new, modern, everyday restroom looks like. We don't have to put 
We just put a picture of a toilet up. We don't put a picture of a man or a woman. And so then, you know what? If you want to be a guy, go be go be a guy in there. If you want to be a gal, go be a gal in there. If you want to be a hermaphrodite or whatever you want to, like whatever you are, like it doesn't matter anymore because it's just a place to empty your bladder. Right. You know? It is interesting. There's a, I mean, there's actually, it's a, I think it's a law in Los Angeles that all restrooms must be unisex. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure. That um, wouldn't surprise me. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But um, so some places, you know, newer constructed, newer constructed places like have basically what you're talking about. There's a sandwich shop, popular sandwich chain here that's like got that. And it, I can tell you that I wasn't, it wasn't like I was uncomfortable. I was just like surprised. Like I went into a stall and had a piss and I came out and at the same time there was like a woman probably 10 years younger than me walking out of a stall too, like walking towards the thing. I was like, oh hi like it's just an odd like i just not used to that at all like i'm not right. i mean i'm it's not like i haven't shared and a living space with a woman it's just like you're a stranger and we just like okay like i mean it's no different than like a porta potty i guess it's just like you know like you know amongst a row of people at a festival yeah porta potty is um, a perfect example they do not know? specify gender you go to a festival there's a big old you know bank. i, I say we just put porta potties everywhere man what's the big deal yeah, just take I mean, them out back and hose them down. You know, that's, you're done. No problem. You, I mean, you talk about a mall and you have a similar idea, but you know, you marble line it and make it really nice. Like, if you ever been to a Nordstrom's, like Nordstrom's bathrooms are the place you want to drop a deuce in a public situation. That's true. Man. No, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. It's beautiful. About that. You got violin music playing and just really eases you for a nice, easy transition. This one I went to the other day, man, the bathroom had a couch in it. Can you believe that, man? That's a whole how bunch of magazines. Be. I just wanted to hang out in there. It was like nicer than my whole apartment. Every once in a while, you strain a little too hard, and you gotta you gotta kick back on a couch to recover before you get back out there and and hit the streets and shop. You know, or sometimes, Corey, you're just waiting for the moment to be right. You are. You know, you're just well, about, I, there's you know, also there's also the idea that we go to the Saturday Night Live idea and get the love toilet. Did you ever see that? I did not see the love toilet. Oh my goodness! Look up like one of these days. Everybody out there, Google the love toilet. It's like the funniest thing ever. They they pitched it as like these the two toilets toilet. that, yeah, like these two toilets that like faced opposite positions but were directly connected to each other. Oh, so you could sit yes. there. I absolutely could, saw the love toilet. Yeah, you could you could cuddle with your loved one while you're, uh, and they, like they're sitting there like they have like a glass and a glass of wine with like candlelight, oh, and they're yeah. like practically cuddling while they're dropping a deuce. It's pretty yes, good. Yes, I uh. I believe that the lady and I have gone and <laughs> viewed that more than once, actually. Because you guys want to have one installed in your bathroom, don't you? Be- yes, because we're weird. We're weird <laughs> people. We are weird people. Well, we've uh, gotten real close to hitting an hour or just over an hour, so we'll God, wrap it, it felt up. felt like three hours. I know. I don't want to eat up all of your time, but uh, I did mention that we'll give you a chance to, to plug. Where can people go hear the music that you've made um, and and get to experience that uh that is an experience that's a fact um if you get on spotify you can look up justice adams band that was the last endeavor i was engaged with with my homies sammy sharon reuben smith and cameron stacy the best band in the world wow uh, yeah those guys are the best that's the secret kids even if you are a sub mediocre guitar player, go find yourself. <laughs> go find yourself a great drummer, guitar player, and bass player, and you'll you'll be fine. Just you'll don't fine. worry about it. It's gonna be fine. Just do that, and you'll be everything will be okay. And that was kind of a little bit more of like a like a slightly kind of alt country ish kind of 
um like who like what vein of music would you compare you guys you guys self to with that god who knows what we were doing with that like i don't know some of it was like just shamelessly like pop stuff that was just had like a slide guitar in it and that's what made it quote country um yeah and then yeah after like doing that for a little while we were kind of just like you know what let's just write like regular songs that like don't have like some like tilt one way or the other other than just like i don't know it's kind of like high energy like rock music or catchy rock music yeah. with guitar and drum and a vocal and a bass and i i can't stuff. advocate i can't advocate enough for it um i absolutely love everything you guys were doing so i even though i understood what you were where you were coming from when you said hey um we're, we're kind of we're gonna take a an indefinite hiatus and break up or whatever and uh and I'm going to move to LA. I was heartbroken because I was always looking forward to you saying, Hey, put out some new music. Cause I, I loved what you guys were doing. Uh, but I get it. So, but there is a catalog that people can go check out. So go check out Spotify and look up the justice Adams band. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, I appreciate you as, as per usual, it's just good talking to you. And, Dude, always. Um, I love you, bud. I love you, bruh. And, uh, toodles. Toodle, loo, you do. Oh, <laughs>